What is going on, nerds? I'm the Man Nerd, and this is another episode of Nerd to Nerd, where I talk to cool nerds. And today is going to be a very special one. But first off, what is a nerd? A nerd is anyone and everyone. That person you see in the corner of the coffee shop every day? Oh yeah, they're a film nerd. They make movies using various noodles as their characters and objects. Your 60-year-old doctor? Yeah, that's right. They have an obsession with My Little Pony. The way you look, where you are born, who you're attracted to, how you identify, none of that matters. All it takes is one passion, a love for something beyond yourself. That is a nerd. I am joined with my co-host today, Gallant Fool. He plays Kai Bond on the Real Play D&D podcast, Rift. Hey, how's it going, Gallant? Good as always, my friend. How are you? Doing great. All right, so why don't you bring us in since i did all that talking there bring us into who we have joining us today uh well today we have uh, a collection from the uh, all the ttrpg i'm trying to think of the way that we would describe this site it would be a ah, there's so much that it does um well i like the word hub it's just hub is a great choice a, yeah it's a hub but today we have with us uh the uh founder of all the ttrpgs uh sean shoot uh schutz yeah, it's Sean Schultz. Thank you. Sean Schultz. Thank you. Yep. Project manager, Jeff Cook. That's me. And the marketing director, Wade Crowther. Yes, happy to be here. We're going to start off just a little personal here. Any of you can jump in. And then uh, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. If you feel like it's something you want to answer, go for it. So my first question here, I'm going to direct this first one at Sean. All right. What was your first nerdy passion? Well, I have to say, um, I'm a child of the 80s. I'm an older guy. And uh, I got started on the Commodore 64. And one of my, um, actually, it was a TRS-80, but one of my earliest memories was uh, going over to my friend's house and checking out his Dungeons and Dragons books in 1981 while we were playing Load Runner on the Commodore 64. So that was, that's my earliest, like, true nerd memory. So it was great. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember my Atari from back in the day. Yep, I had one of those as well, and it's super fond memories. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeff and Wade, do you want to throw in yours? Yeah, I'll throw mine in real quick. So uh, I have older brothers, and I just remember at a young age, one day uh, um, my brother was drawing a scene from Star Wars, and it was the first time I had seen my brother spend any some sort of time doing anything besides sitting on the couch. And watching him draw that, I was just memorized that he was creating something so awesome that uh, I think the next day I went and bought my first Boba Fett action figure. So, there you go. That's nice. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so for me, I uh, I got sucked in Warcraft 2. If any of you gentlemen have been able to you know, get your yes. hands dirty on that. Um, of course. Again, like Jeff, I also have older brothers, and one of them really loved playing that, so I would just sit there behind him and watch him play for hours um jeff and i are also actually cousins so with him and his brothers being nerdy i got a lot of <laughs> i guess <laughs> experience from them and magic the gathering and all that stuff to kind of reinforce it which is great okay nice that's awesome now you said star wars so i have to ask Ugh. star trek or star wars might be a tough tough one for some people uh, for for me it's star wars very fair I have to say I loved Star Wars uh, 
I mean, it had a bigger impact on my life because of the time frame. You know, 1977, I still remember standing in line for it with my dad. Um, it was a big deal. But then again, um, I don't miss a Star Trek. I love it as almost as much, but in a different way, you know, like it was, it's just, it's, it's, it was cutting edge in its own way, like socially and uh, presented such an optimistic view of the world, but it didn't have wizards in it. <laughs> yeah. Space wizards, right? <laughs> I mean, so I have a thing for wizards and space wizards. So that's, that's like the best. <laughs> Very fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I would also say Star Wars. I just haven't had that much, you know, opportunity to get exposed to a, a Star Trek. But Same I man. do love the Star Trek movies and do want to start yeah. watching the the series that have kind of branched off of those. So feel that. Yep, I'm I'm more of a Star Trek guy myself, but you know, I love them both. I love them both. The worlds are just amazing. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on here. Let's get into the TGRPG aspect of this. Yeah. Just to save a little time, I'm going to pick on a few people here. Wade, what got you into TTRPGs? So as I said before, Jeff is my cousin and he got me into it. Um, really what got me into it though was starting to listen to podcasts. And the first one I listened to was Adventure Zone. They're so funny, so hilarious, so entertaining that it really got me into it. Um, and then talking to Jeff, he's like, hey, I've been playing games. I'm even thinking of... DMing one, and so we got into D&D that way uh, during the pandemic, which was a great time to be able to you know, kind of associate with people without having to be with them. Um, mm -hmm. It was great. Oh, that's perfect. That's literally my story right there. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> Very fair. Obviously going a lot further with Critical Role and all their seasons, which is way bigger, but Adventure Zone is, is kind of where it all started. Okay, so now let's see here. Okay. Jeff, you're up. Are there any family passions or hobbies that were passed down to you? Any nerdy things that you were always around growing up, let's say from your parents, and how did that influence your life? You know, it's a, it was funny that you asked actually Star Wars or Star Trek before. Um, my dad actually was, he, he would have uh, voted Star Trek um he actually really i mean he still likes star wars don't get me wrong but he actually really enjoyed star trek and i can you know it was probably the you know age i was probably four or five and you know star trek movie in the theaters you know which you probably shouldn't have taken a four or five year old to but uh he was such a star trek yeah. fan that uh, he yeah he, he uh you know dragged me to it and uh i just remember thinking you know my mind was just blown right because before that all i had watched is barney and so now Watching a Star Trek movie, I thought it was just, you know, the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. Oh, yeah. It's an awesome memory. Blows you away the first time you see something like that. Okay, so now this is going to be for all of you. How did you get to where you are now? Where did all the RPGs begin? And how is, has it grown since then? Sure, let me take that one. Um, so I, the way this got started was back in 2000. Uh, I created the website NeverWinterConnections.com for the awesome Dungeons and Dragons game Neverwinter Nights. That was born out of a need. My friends and I were dying to play it because it offered a dungeon master tool on a video game where you could actually dungeon master the game for other friends and so forth. And it had full cooperative gameplay back in, it was coming out a year in advance, so around 2001. And so yeah. we decided we were going to build a matchmaking system. We were like, you can't just play Dungeons and Dragons with strangers. You gotta, 
you got to know who you're connecting with. And, and there's Very all these true. questions you want to ask. You want to ask these questions about who you're about to play with. Um, and so we created this website. You can see it on the Wayback Machine, by the way, the Internet uh, Archive. And uh, we had about 50,000 users. We were the number one matchmaking site for Neverwinter Nights. We were hosted on BioWare's uh, front page of their Neverwinter Nights page and they 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 wow. consumed our rss feed if you remember what those are um and uh they would consume all of our game listings and everything like that and then uh my other co-founder ko martin he was uh he and i were talking during the big uh hubaloo hubaloo i can't even say that word uh, we were talking about that during the whole uh misstep by uh wizards of the coast um yeah where we all got we all got pissed at D&D Beyond. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were Everyone. talking about it. And I was like, maybe it's time to resurrect that and, and bring that forward and 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 support all RPGs on it. So it's like a D&D Beyond with all the RPGs on it, which is where we came up with the name, alltherpgs.com. Mm. And uh, we wanted to do that. Then we got to thinking about all the stuff we don't like about D&D Beyond because it, it's it's funny. We, we used it. Because it was we were we were playing Five E at the time. Since then, we've played a ton of others. But um, we started uh, looking at it and saying, "Gosh, they haven't touched these aspects of D and D Beyond in ages." Yeah. Like, like why can't you why can't you have notes on your campaign page? Why can't you do X, Y, mm -hmm. and Z on your campaign? And so we started writing down these ideas, and and then we we're then we we're like, well, if if we're gonna have people on there, we should let them sell their products too. So. And let's not charge what what these other groups are charging. Like we've we also found out as we did research that like RP sorry uh, DMs Guild and those charge fifty percent of uh, they take fifty percent of what you make, uh, which they do. That floored me. I mean, it just <laughs> in this day and age, it floored me. Uh, just like Audible. <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we thought, well, let's let's throw in e-commerce because I've done e-commerce for years as a programmer. Let's throw in e-commerce too, and 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 undercut that and go with like a 10%, um, just a little bit over so we can make a profit, but also so we can cover the cost of the credit card transactions and stuff. But, you know, we haven't even settled on that number, but we're, we're thinking that low kind of thing. So that's, that's kind of, that's the birth of this project was way back in 2000. Man, that's a long time to be working on, on this idea, but uh, <laughs> I like what you, I like what you've been yeah. doing. You've been putting yourself out there and just like, even me, you guys came to me. You saw my stuff, and that's, that's just awesome. Yeah. Well, that's one of our goals is to uh, elevate. So, so much of this industry is the art. And when I say art, it's, it's, it's the art of making the game hmm. and the podcasts around the game. It's, it's the community. And we realized with that uh, debacle with Wizards of the Coast that we need to support the community better, which is clearly what they weren't doing. So how do we elevate and celebrate every aspect of this? And that's that's really what this is about, man, is is how do we how do we elevate everybody at the same time? And uh, to me, it, it needs its own, as you guys called it, a hub, its own social hub that has everything in it, matchmaking, APIs. Um, open APIs, which is another thing we don't like about D&D Beyond, mm -hmm. which Jeff can talk to. <laughs> um, uh, you know, e-commerce, it can have all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, we celebrate each other. That's what it's about. That was well put. I love it. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think it's time to get down to the details. 
Gallant, you're yeah. up. Uh, what's extremely funny is you already hit on a couple topics that I wanted to bring up. Cool. Um, so, so first and foremost, I want to jump in on talking about the uh, the percentage of earnings that you suggested you were taking. Yeah. I had been concerned because below fifty percent is often used as a sort of catch-all, right? You see a lot of companies use this like, oh, you know, 50% less than what you were already paying. And it's like, well, for a cable company, that sort of depends. So it's sort of a misnomer. But for, you know, taking a value as broad as 50% and saying, oh, yes, somewhere below it, somewhere below it might be 45%, but it also might be something yeah. like you suggested as low as 10%, which very much surprised me. I expected at least 15 or 20. So why, why, why so low? Well, sorry, I'm taking this one again. I apologize, guys. Um, oh, you're fine, Sean. Yeah, the, the way we look at it is um, we have to build the community. That's one thing. And uh, we, want to, we want to promote artists. We want to get them uh, their money, et cetera. Um, we look at it as how much is, we're gonna probably use Stripe as our technology, how much does Stripe charge us per transaction? So that's the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna check that out. Um, it's not too bad. And then we have to look at our hosting fees, et cetera. And, um, but the number we've thrown around honestly in the background has been 10%. So we may land on 15% once we analyze all that and see our usage and so forth. But another aspect of our business is we've said from the beginning that we want this to be um, a B corporation, which is a corporation uh, that has more than just profits in mind, but social good in mind as well. Um, that's going to take it's going to take us a bit to get there because you have to to be a certified B corporation. You have to jump through a lot of hoops to get certified that way. So it's going to take us a bit to get to that point. For sure. But but um, so what I, I guess what I'm getting at is we're socially conscious and we're yeah, we want to make money on this, but we want to be socially responsible and make it so that nobody feels that that weight is onerous and really taken away from the artist. Because yeah, we're we're a uh, we're a shuttle to get your product sold, but you put in a lot more work than we did in a sense of around your product. And uh, anyways, those are our beliefs. We feel really strongly about that. So. Don't expect it to be uh, 45% or anything ridiculous no, like no. that. Totally so. fair. I, uh, as an extremely vocal anti-capitalist, I love what you're bringing to the table. Absolutely adore it. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. very, It's very much for the people, which is something that I deeply adore. So, uh, thank you. Yep. So, I'm not super familiar with e-commerce as a whole. <laughs> Usually when I hear... E-commerce, it brings up a couple red flags because of, you know, some previous instances in the past several years of uh, online currencies that are uh, less than stellar. Yeah. And also some issues within, you know, game systems and other companies and so on and so forth. And so mostly the question right. is fairly simple. Is it just transition of money from card from from user to creator? Like, is it, is it as simple as that? Uh, yes, I would boil it down to that. First, um, to I think reading your subtext there, it would be uh, monetary transactions, not transactions around Bitcoin and everything else. Um, okay. It wouldn't be that. Um, I I hope I don't alienate people with this viewpoint, but I, I'm, I'm really big into, uh, you know, 
trying to solve climate change. And I think, personally, I think uh, Bitcoin and all of that has been one of the worst things um, possible oh, yeah. for this time in our in our world. Oh, 100%. I have no desire to support those. Um, if they come up with a way of doing that cleanly, uh, which I can't foresee at this point in time, uh, but if they come up with a way of doing it cleanly, maybe we'd support it in the future. But for sure, um, yeah, we would uh, we would provide an avenue for um, people to have their own store, so to speak, in our site and list all their products, and and um, somebody would come in with credit card, pay for those items, or use credit if they have credit with that seller, that kind of thing. That makes sense. Makes and sense. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's it. Well, that's wonderful. I was I was hoping it would be a short a short sort of answer and and I also hope that you don't alienate people with a desire for positive climate uh, adjustment. Um, so an important question that I had was with a lot of these systems like D&D Beyond and so on that utilize uh, a, a, a open system to allow people to come in and use it as they need, mostly for free. What aspects of that system are you planning to paywall? And where is that sort of cutoff there? Because a lot of times in order to help, you know, increase revenue flow, because running a company is expensive, uh, there, you know, yep. stuff like um, the way the way D&D Beyond does um, I'm trying to think of literally anything other than the books, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, premium subscription, stuff like that. Num num yeah. Number yeah. of characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, s stuff like that. What is what is the plan for, for all the uh, RPGs in that regard? Jeff, you want to take that, and then I can follow up with anything you miss. So uh, one aspect that we're, we're looking at, and, we, and these are certain things that we're trying to finalize as well. And, and so um, some of the things are, are still up in the air, um, but, but frankly, we're looking to do potentially something similar where uh, you get to create so many games and characters um, for free. Right. And then once you, you, you can hit a limit of how many characters and, and games and you could be associated with and then uh, it would have kind of like a subscription or a, a one-time fee to unlock more additional content as well as being able to join more games create more campaigns and create more characters yeah that's i was going to say the same thing we're going to do that we may have some other items that you can only get through subscription that may cost us money to support um an idea like that would be around 3d dice i don't know if you guys have checked that out but it's an API-driven way of rolling dice on your... So in other words, you, if you go into our site and you create a campaign, you could create a campaign, see everybody's characters on there, put in your notes, put in your notes about NPCs, all of that. But if you want to be able to roll dice on there and see each other's dice rolls on your campaign page on the site, you may have to pay a small subscription fee for that because we're going to pay 3D dice, which is, by the way, 3D dice is a wonderful tool. Um, and we want to support them. And uh, mm -hmm. so those are the things we'd be doing. But I, Jeff nailed it. That's that's kind of what we have planned right now. With that said, though, we got to see how the market responds to that. Like, yeah, um, we got to figure out where those lines are drawn. Like, is it five characters you can create? Is it 10? Is it 20? Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know yet. D&D Beyond has chosen, I think, five? Six. Uh, six. Six, I think, yeah. Six. And you can have X number of campaigns as well. So we're kind of mm -hmm. going with that model because, honestly, on D&D Beyond, that's 
the one monetization thing I don't really mind on their site. Uh, I, I agree. It's it's something that sort of it makes sense from a business perspective of you need to have some sort of premium sort of subscription service in order to make more money and for having it be more cosmetic options or like space options much, much easier to do that than to make, you know, a large yeah. section of your service subscription. Yep, exactly. Restricted. Well, yep. that's excellent. That makes me very happy. Oh, good. <laughs> In talking a little bit about characters and, you know, games, there are, you know, there are systems in which API is suggested to be easy to work with, right? Like, yeah. D&D Beyond will say, yeah, you can come in and make homebrew stuff. And then you take one look at basically any of the homebrew content that they've suggested or like any of their you know, homebrew making tools, and it's a living nightmare to sort out <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing. Right, yes. Yeah, right. It's, it's like a nightmare scenario. And one of the things that is that is so distinct about your uh, your hub site's planning is that it, it, it plans to encapsulate more than just the very standardized, you know, D&D &D and Pathfinder and Powered by the Apocalypse. Yep. And what's really interesting in that is that I want to know how easy it's going to be, not just to build a basic character sheet, yep. but in building, you know, a sheet in general for a game. Because there's a lot of differences between building a Powered by the Apocalypse character and a GURPS character. Yeah, absolutely. So this is our plan. I'll lay it out here. Um, Every game system we add to our site, which we're going to make it so that you can suggest a new game system and we'll add it kind of thing. Mm. We know that there's thousands, so we yeah. can't possibly do them all. Although Jeff has been working on that hard lately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, so the way it works is after we add a game system, we can go in and then say, the first thing we do is we upload to that game system a form fillable PDF. So that's that's like um, that's like the bare minimum. So in other words, now I can go out and say I'm going to run this game for uh, Delta Green, and I create a new Delta Green game, and then you come out and you create a Delta Green character, and it says there that at the moment Delta Green is only supported by a form fillable PDF, and you click on it, you fill out the character sheet, you save that form fillable, and then your GM and everybody can see it. So that's phase one kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Phase two is we use a, just to go full programming here, we use a JSON structure to be able to define uh, form fields and everything else. So you can come in and define a custom JSON for any character sheet, basically. And um, that becomes a form fillable character sheet at that point. And that gets stored in our data database. And it has a, uh, we have a tool we'll be releasing which will allow you to paste it into there and check it for any issues and it'll show you how it looks on the screen, etc. And then, so that's that's kind of like, um, probably the word phase is the wrong term, but that's a second level of character generation at that point where it's no longer a fillable PDF, it's now a actual database entry. Then the, th the third phase, oh, let me back up just a second. All of these will be stored in a database, but they'll also be uh, open source. So we're firm believers in open source. So we'll, uh, on our on our GitHub, where we store our source code, we'll have a mm -hmm. whole section around, hey, this is our, our definition, one of our definitions. By the way, they're all versioned. Um, here's a definition for a Delta Green character sheet. And you can go in and read it, and you can say, 
you can say, oh, I like what Sean did here, but I actually want to add these skills that I have in my custom game. Now you've added your own and, and we'll give you a way to add that to your own campaign or your own character sheet, your own, you know what I'm saying, your own schedule. Oh, yeah. Then the third, the third and final level of uh, character generation, which we haven't done yet, is that um, you'll be able to, we will create a bunch of these. We'll probably start with Shadow Dark first because it's one of the easier character sheets and character generation methods, kind of the, uh, the dungeon crawler classics kind of thing. Yeah. And what we'll do is we'll actually make a uh, character generator and we will upload that as a um, open source project so that others can come out and say, yeah, others can come out and say, okay, I also, and let me, I'm probably going into too much detail, <laughs> but we want to, we want to hit a whole bunch of uh, broad, like game systems. I'm, I, you know, what's funny when you get on a podcast, all of them fly out of your head, but if we do one for Shadow Dark, that can apply to a lot of uh, of those basic Dungeons and Dragons style old school games, old school mm -hmm. classics, old school whatever DCC. We may replicate that across two or three to show the community how to do that, and then we may then we'll then we plan on jumping to another character generator that is the next level of difficulty up. Maybe something that uses like, let's say Call of Cthulhu, because then you've got Delta Green and you've got a bunch of others in that same space. Yeah. We'll make a character generator for that, put it out there as open source, and we'll start to create this directory of open source projects so that people can come out and add, add to it and create new ones for game systems we haven't yet touched. And so that level three of character generation, we hope will slowly grow over time and you'll start to get people who volunteer to make it for new game systems, stuff like that. And our hope is that we'll keep making them, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Because obviously character generators get really complex, especially on the bigger games, like you were saying, Pathfinder yeah. um, is a whole nother level of uh, difficulty. So we plan on supporting it, but we may not have the capability of doing it ourselves at that point. So That's totally fair. And honestly, using the community as a sort of a backup assistant, uh, is a pretty fair way in order to sort of incorporate a lot of open skill set to yes. products in which they themselves would be, you know, getting access exactly. to. Now, exactly. one of the big problems with open source material is people aren't always chill. <laughs> and you tend to, even in, even in, uh, I mean, so, uh, a lot of the time, especially in TTRPG, uh, communities, you get uh, sort of the floating baddies, you know, the bad eggs. <laughs> yeah. And so this is sort of a two-pronged question at this point of what is your moderation method with not just not just in this regard, but also with your matchmaking system is what it, what it, what are we looking at in terms of like a moderation system in order to ensure that like if someone has been or is like a notorious bad egg, how do how do you plan to, you know, deal with them? And also, how do you plan on filtering out those, you know, false responses of the, you know, someone just got mad at another player and so reported them? And how do you manage to sort, how, how do you plan to deal with those sorts of situations? Yeah, great question. So that's one of the, uh, the original things we built in Neverwinter Connections that ended up being a pretty big success, which was when you, when you uh, go into the matchmaking system and you find a game that you want to play, you get to read all about it, right? You get to read about the game. You get to see all the other players in the yeah. game. 
all of that. And then when you elect to join it, essentially at that point, if you go through with that game, or if you don't, let's say, um, at the end of that game, you get to review the people in the game. So you get to um, give them thumbs up, thumbs down. You get to uh, put in tags about these guys. You get to, you get to, and this goes for GMs reviewing players and players reviewing GMs and players reviewing players. So you get to make comments about everybody. There's even a box where you can check and say, the person didn't even show up for the game. You can check all of those things. Now, you may be thinking, well, if somebody's pissed at you, <laughs> they could just, they could just yep. give you bad reviews, right? Yeah. I mean, that's always a danger. But so what we would do at that point is um, we're going to let people delete a review off their sheet. Now, it it gets complex because you want, you want GMs to not, you know, there's always going to be a player that you get that just doesn't like your game, so he gives you a really yeah. bad review. We're going to let you delete one every X period of time. So I like that. Um, yeah, so we haven't nailed that down exactly because we have to do some play testing to understand it. For sure. But we had a similar system like this in the past. And then those stats about everybody rolls up and then there's a little bit of gamification on the site and this is what we used to have as well, is that you as a GM will go up in levels and there's titles for all the levels for how many games you run, how many players you ran, etc. And then same with players. Players will start out as like journeymen and work their way up, that kind of thing journey person I should say um, but uh, yeah you uh, and you can see everybody's stats at that point um, you can see that let's see Luke has ran uh, 62 games and he's been marked absent once kind of thing and right. uh, you, you decided not to delete that review yeah. and this these are the keywords that people have said repeatedly about him like a think of it like a tag cloud and uh, Again, you'll be able to delete some of those tags after a period of time. And uh, just if something's an outlier or, or somebody used some bad language. And then of course, you'll be able to report people on the site too, to say this person was abusive, those kind mm -hmm. of things. And then we'll take each of those seriously and then start looking through all the reviews about that person and see if we see trends in it. So that's uh, at a high level, that's how we plan on uh, uh, supporting fair play in that aspect, you know? Yeah, that's it. So, any questions on that? Uh, no, I mean, it seems like a fairly simple and straightforward system, and honestly, makes perfect sense to sort of gamify the sort of matchmaking hub system, because it's a it's a space connecting gamers, might as well make it a little more fun in the process. Exactly. Yeah, and I think uh, having that gamification there too, by the way, you you only really get the gamification if you review each other. That's the other thing is, is it, it- It incentivizes it. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely does. We saw it in the past, we had, I think it was around 50,000 users on Neverwinter Connections and people reviewed each other and that was actually, oddly enough, was one of their favorite things about the site because you knew what you're getting into usually. Yeah. Honestly, hearing, I, I, I'm what we in the business would call very damn young. Um, I'm, uh, I, I wasn't around for a lot of that. I was, I'm, I'm in my mid twenties. So, you know, I had heard, I've heard stories about Neverwinter Nights, right? In the, in, in the ages gone by, but <laughs> hearing that, that you gentlemen have already done a lot of what you are planning to do now with a previous site and found success in that, that gives me much more confidence in this particular, in this particular product 
and I hope oh, it's not I hope it is not too much of an extent for me to say, but perhaps including like that as a like bit as a part of like, I don't know, like a, a marketing stint of like, hey, we've done this before. We know how this works. That <laughs> might be an excellent way to run through that. But again, that's personal purview and I'm not a marketing <laughs> director. So I was thinking that. Wow. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, hearing hearing 50,000 users over the course and it makes sense, right? A lot a lot of people will get into games and want to experience games in a more broad spectrum, but can't do that without a forum to do so. That's why so many forum sites got so popular. Yeah. And and, uh, yeah, there's so many there's so many social pitfalls today. So true. um, True. And I'm I'm not saying it's wrong that we have social pitfalls. I'm not saying that I'm saying that Back in 2000, there weren't as many. Um, yes. And and uh, and the gaming community in general is a lot smaller. So we're dealing with a lot of different people. And a wonderful byproduct of this is is how many different um, ethnicities, races, genders, etc., are now playing this game where they weren't in the year 2000. Yeah, that was actually that was actually something I wanted to to ask about as well. Is that there are a very broad spectrum of people that play TTRPGs, and that includes LGBTQ folks, individuals yep. with different ideologies, individuals with different, you know, gender identities, and so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. and it is important to a lot of these people, not only that they have a place to play and a place to find one another, but also a place that is... The, the term that I have used, that I, that I have seen most popularly used is grognard um, for individuals that are very vocally aggressive, we'll call it, uh, against individuals of a different, you know, gender identity, different sexual identity, a different, you know, uh, ethnicity, so on and so forth. And so the question is, is twofold, is, is how do you plan to you know, sort of include that more broadly? And also, what protections do you have for, you know, for individuals who are marginalized in in, in our communities? Right. Uh, great question. We've been thinking about this heavily. So when you create a profile on our site, you're able to put in uh, your pronouns. You're able to say, I don't want to show my pronouns. You're able to put in your identity uh, tags, so you can you can actually go in there and say, "I, I am a veteran. I am um, I am queer. I am you know whatever you can you can label yourself if you want, mm-hmm. or you don't have to at all if you don't want." And so, if that matters to you, if you want to play with other veterans, or you want to play with um, somebody in the uh, in the LGBTQ community, you can mm-hmm. look for that on that person, that game master's profile or the other player's profile. And then you can click in and read the reviews about them. You can read you can read what comments were left about them, what their rating is, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So those two things together should allow you to uh, find somebody that you feel is like-minded or part of the community you wanna belong sure. to. And then through the review system, you can, uh, you can tag people in a uh, way to say, "Hey, this person was racist." <laughs> mm. uh, you can, you can. We don't say that specifically, right? Um, but we can. You can label them as a problem individual, and then we've got to figure out the best way to monitor that. Yeah. Like, is it is it a threshold? Is if if two thirds of the table report him as racist, or is it one person reports him as racist, or is yeah. it? Yeah. 
we don't have the answer to that yet. We want to find the answer. Maybe that's a way we leverage AI in the future here for our site is to to sift through that data for and, sure. tr and train it based off of uh, uh, off of the people we know, in fact, were racist in the group. Yeah. Um, and we use it to train that data so they can help identify others and look for trends and the keywords, everything else. And then we can start to examine those individuals more. But for sure. Yeah. Right now, we don't have a for sure answer on that. But like I said, we're thinking heavily about how do we make it um, a safe place. Sure. One of our long term plans is that um, that we have chat built into the site too. not just when you log in, you can chat with your friends, but that each game that gets scheduled has its own chat room type of thing. I like that. So you can coordinate and everything else. But then when we do that, it, it's still on a roadmap, but when we do that, it's even more important to have safety tools there. Protect and make sure the players are, you know, kept safe in those environments because those yeah, can be exactly. much harder to track. Exactly. So that's, that's our number one concern about offering that ability. And that, by yeah. the way, that's one of those that would probably be on a subscription basis because the that's a little no. bit higher cost system. But totally the, makes sense. It, and, and it honestly makes sense to sort of restrict that, but also keep it something that you make sure is, you know, monitored closely and carefully. Yeah, we just haven't figured out how to do that. It's a it's it's a tough problem. And, tough, and honestly, yeah. the fact that you guys have like a, a, a general idea of what you want is encouraging for the future. Yeah, I, I'm I am delighted by a lot of what I'm hearing. And I'm very, very excited for what what, what you guys are, are building. Basically, I'm definitely going to keep keep you guys in mind as the sort of future progresses now. One of the things that's important is while I may focus a lot of my attention and energy towards 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, there's a lot of games, as you said, there's like thousands of different TTRPGs, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you plan to better uh, advertise less well-known games, you know, smaller games, you know, uh, uh, I don't know of any off the top of my head because, again, I focus most of my energy into Dungeons and Dragons and very, very much more. Um, right. <laughs> I don't want to say well known, but much more. Um, I guess well known is the correct term. A much more well known like TTRPG systems. But if I wanted to, how are you going to keep uh, advertising on the the, the smaller games? high so that they're much more visible and can, you know, get more people and get more interest while also not restricting, you know, third party stuff for other games that exist. And jumping off that, what is what is the plan regarding like copyright? Yeah, that's a great question. Um... So I know it's it's very broad. There's a lot. I There's a lot of content that I put in there, but yeah, yeah. so um, one of the concepts we have on our site is we want to give every game out there a landing page, right? So you can go, instead of surfing around trying to find details on Delta Green, we create a landing page about Delta Green. But what we do then also is if the makers of Delta Green, which I suck because I just forgot their names, um, and I'm a fan of Delta Green, by the way. But if, if they contact us, we'll validate who they are so they get a blue check mark. They don't pay anything for that, by the way. They get a blue check mark and then we the give them ownership. The quiet burns, we love them. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, 
we then uh, give them ownership of that landing page and we give them a bunch of tools on that landing page. So it shows what games are being ran using Delta Green. It, it shows their, if they wanna show their X feed, Twitter feed, if they wanna show those kind of things, who's streaming their, their game on Twitch, that kind of thing, they can, they can promote those people. And so they get a landing page and it shows how many gamers have marked Delta Green as one of their favorite games. So it shows that as well. And then one idea we haven't done yet is that you'll, we thought of the idea of upvoting games. So if you're a fan of Delta Green, you can go out and click uh, an upvote so that others can see what's trending this month. So as we all expect, uh, last month or the last two months, Shadow Dark was trending heavily because they they had a killer Kickstarter. It's an awesome game. Uh, Kelsey Dion, she's amazing. She's promoting her game. It's it's a female-led creator. It's all the great things that we want out of the community. And uh, she's, uh, you know, we want to give her her own landing page on there to promote her game, show her products. That same page would also show links to buy it in her store whether it's our store or another e-commerce store, we don't care, you know, that kind of thing. And so again, then you you could be able to go out to a page and see what are the trending games as well. Delta, Shadow Dark's on its way up, Delta Green's on its way up, that kind of thing. And so you can check it out. And then we're also gonna allow people in a matchmaking circumstance where you go out, Luke, you go out and you schedule a game for Delta Green, let's say, and you mark it as a tutorial game beginner-friendly tutorial game, and then it shows up as, you wanna learn how to play Delta Green? Here's a list of people who are running those uh, beginner games this week, you know, that kind of thing. So you could go try it out and learn how to make a character. So- Sounds good. Yeah, so that, and then we also have plans to allow people to advertise on our site if they wanna do that. I, that one's that one's like phase two. I don't know yeah. if people will take us up on that. And that's, that's we're not doing that for money-making, it's more just to get the, the word out oh for sure but you know a little money on the side can't can't hurt if that ends up being right. the case yeah uh, uh, to jump in there as well yeah um, please yeah so something i was just thinking of too is you know going back to the whole gamification we could gamify this as well and any new you know brand new ttrpgs the sooner people jump on those and play those maybe they get a little bit more experience right oh yeah that's a with great idea oh. which would be great so then not only are they you know playing some of these big giant you know classic ttrpgs that have been played for decades but these brand new ones are incentivized to go try those as well i that like that awesome. that's Can't a wait. really great way to expand that's good you, you get a medal, dude. That was a great idea. <laughs> that was, that's awesome. You yeah, guys create, you guys you guys inspired it. So <laughs> medals all around. Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna forever be known for that idea because that's a fantastic idea. So I'm 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 glad that you guys could come up with that within this this environment, even if it's just for the for the moment. It's delightful <laughs> to see Me that too. sort of pop out yeah, come together. It. I don't know that I necessarily have many more questions off the top of my head because the only one other one that I feel would be, you know, important to talk about would be the AI situation. You've already sort of discussed like, hey, the what we're thinking about doing is, you know, using it as a way to help sift through data and like moderate certain situations. But yeah, I don't think if you've got no plans beyond that, then it should be yeah, fine. Well yeah, we're not we're not using AI for 
pictures or anything like that. We're not going to be huh. using. We we may use it as, in our development environment for placeholders, but not in production. So mm -hmm. the the uh, the other thing I know Jeff's dying to mention it on here is our <laughs> our API. So Jeff, you want to say something about that real quick? Yeah, so I know we, we, we kind of talk about APIs and integrations a little bit, but yeah. uh, one, one of the aspects of, of you know, we're, we're trying to make this site not only easy to play any RP, TTRPG or with anyone, but also that it works well with other systems, right? You know, we're, we're not saying, you know, you have to use our tool for everything, right? If you have Tailspire or Roll20, you want to use our system we're, we're, we're from the get-go we're planning to have our apis be open and build integrations so it you can seamlessly work within these tools so if you roll you don't have to have some chrome extension plugin to show the the role on roll 20 for example um, or if you have a character sheet you don't have to toggle back and forth you could potentially just be in like telspire and you could see your characters and and you know the aspect it comes down to our you know, one of our driving principles is, you know, we, we might be the platform, but it's your games, it's your world, right? And we just want to make sure that we have the tools to make your worlds uh, as easy to run as possible. Well, gentlemen, I don't know that I necessarily have any more questions. I feel extremely excited. I was already interested prior to us having this wonderful interview. I, I, was interested in the concept. I had a few, you know, worries and wonders because things don't tend to be nearly, you know, cut and dry as they often try to appear to be. But from what I'm hearing from you guys, from what us discussing this, it feels like it is as cut and dry as it seems, as as we would hope. Uh, Andrew, do you have any? Do you have anything for uh, for these fine fellows? Uh, well, I do want to point out that going over the site it clicked for me during this interview that jeff cook is an artist so i've been enjoying yeah. some of these things that are on the site which provided by you so that's super cool yeah thanks I, that's awesome i dabble every now and then yeah I, I really like the skull one that's super awesome <laughs> thank you i appreciate that a lot actually thank you <laughs> that's great all right. Uh, yeah. And one other thing, uh, uh, Wade, I want to say that I've been seeing what you've been doing online and you're you are bringing everybody up. You're bringing everybody together. And I'm loving that. I did. I did see that. Just no. I just, you know, took a glancing. I took a glance through your Twitter and seeing so many different games, you know, like suggested and like, hey, guys, this is a new thing that's out. Hey, guys, here's this cool idea that I you know so on and so forth just like providing that not 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 even to the smaller and less well-known indie creators and that is wonderful to see happen yeah i i appreciate that i mean that's that's kind of what we're going for right we just want to make ttrpgs more available and accessible to everyone whether you're a creator a player a gm whatever uh there's so many adventures to be had out there and you know in this world that's so divisive we want to create something that can really bring people together and bring them some common ground and we think you know adventure is the way to do that and TTRPGs are the way to do that so just trying to you know put the word out there for everybody that, that this is what we have this is what we're building and, and hope you can help us build it join the ride well gentlemen i'm definitely going to be following uh you collectively and all the rpgs as a whole very closely because i mean hey 
I'm. I was I'm, surprised by this. One hundred percent surprised. <laughs> I was. I wasn't sure how these conversations were going to go. You know, I was expecting some more difficult, some more difficult to work with answers, and I, <laughs> you guys just kept going. Oh no, it's very simple, and you kept knocking it out of the park each time. <laughs> I threw a curveball, you hit it dead on the mark. It's. It's. That's awesome. I'm very excited. That's awesome. Well. We're excited as well. We can't wait to get it done. And uh, thanks so much for having us on here to let us talk about what we're building. Absolutely. Agree to it's agree. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I want to get this open if anybody else has anything they want to add to all of this that they didn't get to get out there. I'm, I'm good. No, I'm good. I think I'm good. You guys asked some great questions. Uh, you covered a lot of topics I wasn't expecting and you drew it out of us. So thank you. I'm I'm That's glad neat. I got some <laughs> got some questions out. I I I have I'm I keep a very close eye on uh, things around the TTRPG sphere. Of I'm never gonna not call it Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, same. I'm, I'm pretty I'm yeah. pretty deep in there, and so you know, there's a lot of stuff that I've seen sort of like passed around as questions, passed around as ideas, and I work in QA, so a lot of these the minutia of a lot of this is something that I have to work with every day anyways. So it, it lets, it makes asking these questions not easier, but more informative. Totally makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. And even more so on, on Twitter, I'm also going to continue to call it Twitter. For real. It's hard to be able to answer some of these questions with the, the limitations of the platform, right? Like oh, absolutely. What we're building is so robust, it's hard to dial it into exactly the character limit. So yeah, no, this has been great. We really appreciate the, the time and you guys planning these questions and, and recording all of this. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm very glad to be able to do this interview with you gentlemen. It's, it's very wonderful to do. It's been a delightful experience. Agree to agree. Agree to agree.